0: Hi I'm Paul Swinkfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show we ask why. Why is the data industry so interesting that an experienced technology strategist just can't drag himself away? So settle back, enjoy the show and we'll find out. Hi, welcome to this week's Tech Interviews. So on the show this week, we're going to take a little bit of a a wider look at the data and storage industry. Um, And to help me to do that, I've got a, um, I hope he doesn't mind me saying, um, a bit of um, an experienced industry veteran um, and well-known for uh, somebody who's maybe well-known to people who listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, I'm joined this week by uh, Greg Newman. Hi, Greg. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm real well, and uh, I'm, I'm sure maybe for a lot of our listeners, uh, you're a voice that they're familiar with, but we uh, we may well dig into that a little bit later. Um, but for those who um, aren't aware of who you are, Greg, uh, who are you and what is it that you do?
1: Well, my name is Greg Nierman. I'm the chief technologist for NetApp. Just jumped over from Hitachi, where I spent uh, uh, almost six years. Uh, Before that, I was a VP of marketing for Kai Corporation for almost 13 years. So a a veteran of the industry for sure, but I hope that doesn't mean that I'm expected to be an expert on anything.
0: Uh, well, there they you go. There's a short show. I was hoping expertise <laughs> all around. Um, so, um, but, uh, well, well, the reason we had this, and we met uh, last week at the NetApp Insight event in Las Vegas. So we we're recording this kind of um, early November. i not, not quite sure when the show is going to go out, but we're recording this early November. Um, and one of the things that we chatted about when we met last week was kind of you know as you, as you made that move actually from hitachi as you've just mentioned you know, what what was the kind of thing that kept you in the kind of the data and the the data infrastructure industry um you know because there's there's lots of opportunities open to you lots of new and exciting technologies that are that are out there but but what was it that that's kind of kept you attracted to this part of the industry
1: it's a fair question and you know i wasn't actively looking to to leave hitachi Uh, But I was getting inquiries from from a few different companies and and, uh, ended up interviewing uh, with three companies. One was NetApp, one was an IoT company, and one was an infrastructure software company. And uh, initially, just with a blind look and, and not giving much thought to it, NetApp, I would have put kind of at the bottom of that list. And as the conversations proceeded, you know, it just, it, it amazed me the amount of innovation that's taking place inside of, of NetApp. And that was really kind of a a difference maker for me because coming from Hitachi, and everybody knows Hitachi, big global conglomerate, um, uh, lots of resources. Uh, they've got their foot in everything from trains to elevators to escalators to, engines and other things. And Hitachi was a wonderful environment. I, I learned a lot there. Uh, great culture, great people. Uh, but as, as I started talking more and more with the team at NetApp, people that currently work there and people that used to work there, here's the interesting thing. People that used to work there, that work for other companies and have gone on to bigger and better things, to a person, they also they would come back in a minute. And I found that to be really impressive just from a culture perspective. Uh, but then diving into some of the technology they're doing and, and a few people that I confided in privately, uh, kind of in the industry, uh, people, you know, people on this podcast probably know very well. I asked them confidentially what their feelings were uh, with things. And their first question was the same as yours. Why go back into storage? Why go back into to, to infrastructure? And I kind of walked through my thinking and my observations about the company from the outside looking in. And they're not just a storage company. And it's, it, it, and I think that that's the opportunity for me as a technologist to tell the story. Right, is, is to kind of open folks' eyes to there's more to NetApp than just storage, even though that's where most of the revenue comes uh, from now. But I, I got to tell you, if you if, if you take a close look at the company, there's probably about four or five different distinct businesses underneath the, the the layers there. And that was what was really attractive to me. It's not just a storage company, and that's why I went there.
0: So, I mean, so there's a couple of really good points in there, and we'll kind of maybe drill into um, some of those areas that, that NetApp are involved in a little later. But one of the things that you said in there that kind of caught my attention was that kind of a description of attaches this kind of big, you know, big conglomerate, lots of um, you know fingers in lots of pies, did you know a wide range of things from kind of storage at one end through to you know building engines and uh, you know trains and things at, at the other end. So, so I'm guessing um, when you did that. The, uh, so w- we're working in that environment, you saw lots of interesting kind of customer challenges, particularly around data and storage. So, uh, you know, if you, if you were to kind of step back and, and not think about NetApp so much for a moment, but look at the, the kind of wider wider challenges that businesses see seeing today. What are some of those things that you see? What, what are some of the current, current big challenges around data and storage that, that you see across different types of businesses?
1: For sure. Well, you know, the obvious one and the low-hanging fruit there, it's the one I hate the most, is when people talk about digital transformation. <laughs> because it's, it's like an oversimplification of the challenges that businesses are really experiencing right now, which is, to me, is much less of a technology Transformation than it is a, a cultural and organization transformation that has to take place first, and th- to me that's really interesting from the perspective of coming from Hitachi, right? Where I mean, again, they're in so many different industries, and you can see some, how the industry, different industries, are changing uh, across the universe. But specifically, if you look at enterprise technology company or just enterprises in general. And the challenges they have of evolving their business model to adopt to the new business reality, um, you know, a storage company is not going to fix that. A IT company is not going to fix that. Um, oftentimes, it comes from good cultural leadership. And then the, the technology and the other pieces there complement that and help drive that. And and so for me, the observation has always been how much, uh, how much the digital transformation isn't an IT story; it's a cultural transformation story. Uh, and I don't know, you know, as, as all IT companies can kind of charge of, charge ahead, you know, saying that they've they've got all the answers. Um, it's it's much more complex and, and nuanced than that.
0: Yeah, I was I was reading actually. Quite, it's funny you say that because I, I was reading an article today um, where that was kind of the point of the article was that, you know, we, we often as technologists, you know, we'll jump into kind of shiny, uh, exciting new technologies and, forget that the whole point often of technology, you know, unless you're, you know, absolutely a deep down technology company who develops technology for a living. For most of us, we use technology as an enabler. It's a, it's a thing to enable us to achieve business outcomes. And, and that sounds like kind of what you're getting at there, you know, that sometimes looking at the, you know, if the business outcome is how do you transform your business to do, to operate in this kind of new shiny world that we're in. Technology is just an enabler to that. And it, 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 I mean, is that kind of what you're getting at? Is that, is that, that, that the area yeah, we were talking well, about?
1: Well, and I think where companies like NetApp, Apatachi and other can add a lot of value is because we've worked with other companies that have gone through those transitions. We know what works. We know what doesn't work. And I think that's where you get the leverage and the value of those uh, IT companies because they've done it. And if if they've not done it to themselves, they've they've enabled uh, other businesses to do it as well. And I think it's that depth of experience that drives real value.
0: Yeah, and I I agree. I think, and you know, that's kind of why I asked the question because I, I, you know, that 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 broad broad brush. Uh, view you would have got at a, an organisation the size of Attaches is, is that you know you would have seen lots and lots of these kind of different problems, di- different areas. Um, so, so, so with that in mind, you know, the the obviously the you know you talked before about some of the organisations that y- you know you potentially had the opportunity to go and join. You know, IoT is a, a kind of an interesting area. Um, so, so, what are the what are the kind of challenges that you're seeing uh, that that kept you within the storage industry? You what what made you wanted to continue running around looking after people's ones? and zeros
1: <laughs> well again I, I would tell you that the, the NetApp story is largely untold and i think that's you know hopefully that's where i'm going to be adding some value for the company going forward if, if you look at i mean obviously th- there's some storage fundamentals there that are doing very well i, I mean I, one of the things right off the bat that has impressed me and you're going to hear me talk about this till i'm blue in the face max data is an absolute game changer when it comes to flash storage uh the the other elements of this, if you look at NetApp, you know, the, uh, the fastest growing uh, sand vendor out there right now, if you look at the ecosystem, the cloud team is building with the relationships with AWS, Microsoft, uh, Google Cloud Platform, and IBM and others, Uh, we're just scratching the surface here now of how companies are going to be leveraging multi-cloud environments. And that is really, really exciting because that's kind of, it's obvious that we see the evolution here. Um, And I think there's a kind of a a nuanced change taking place that I don't think is so obvious to a lot of folks. For a long time, people were chanting cloud first. Now that's changing into multi-cloud. How do we leverage the data that we, you know, Uh, that we want to keep on site or keep off site as well. But it's a matter of keeping the data at the right place at the right time for the right cost. And there's an incredible value proposition for vendors that have solutions that make it easy for enterprises to be able to, to navigate and structure their data where they can best leverage it effectively.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's, and I do think that's a very attractive proposition, you know, so I was kind of listening to a lot of the same things that you were last week um, at NetApp Insight. And I think that kind of, that, that, multi-cloud environment you know that ability as you, you you've just mentioned there that idea that we can move data and services simply around kind of these multiple locations has got some real value and i mean again maybe just taking kind of a step back for your you know again taking that net up off for a moment i mean is that the kind of thing that in reality you are seeing enterprises wanting to do because i think it's easy to sit there and, and hear uh technology vendors tell us that that's the kind of thing that everybody's doing but is, is that you know is that the kind of thing you are seeing people doing and 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 why you know, why, why do organizations want these kind of multiple cloud environments?
1: Well, it's kind of funny because it, it, if you talk to the industry pundits, you know, you've got kind of these purists out there that believe everything should be cloud first. And usually when they say that, they're talking about just AWS cloud. And if you look at the history of technology and just the adoption of, of and, the, and the different waves of technology from being um, centralized on mainframes to decentralized, back to centralized again, it, these these transitions don't happen dramatically. They they happen over a long period of time, and I mean, look how many companies and, and banks and 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 uh, travel companies and other people still use mainframes, and they still haven't made uh, that migration yet. So. My thought process on when it comes to, to multi cloud is it's a natural evolution. If you understand the history of technology, and I think it's what some people miss, they get so caught up in the hype of what's possible and all the new things that you can do is that you've got the reality of, of, of companies that. Um, and, and most enterprises that just don't move that fast. And I don't think that makes you a good company or a bad company. It's just the reality of where your data lives today and how you're best leveraging that data. And that's where multi-cloud really can can capitalize on that, whether it's on-premises, off-premises, or distributed across multiple clouds, which I think is going to be the new reality. Uh, even with the, you know, the cloud-first um, uh, proponents, are going to realize that, you know, it's not going to be just one cloud environment. I, I think, again, it comes back to a basic principle, the right data in the right place at the right time for the right cost. And that's going to be the prevailing wisdom. It's always been the prevailing wisdom in the history of IT. And so I don't think that's going to change. And I think that's part of the value proposition around multi-cloud.
0: Yeah. And I, I agree with that. Actually. I think the idea that, um, because uh, you, know, you, you also see, which, particularly when you know, when we're talking about kind of these the, the, this multi-cloud environment, you know, that we're talking about public cloud, you know, we're talking about an AWS, we're talking about a, an Azure, a, a Google, and but potentially that can also include, you know, people like RackSpace who have got, you know, still big cloud providers. They're maybe not seen at the kind of the hyperscale, uh, kind of hyperscale uh, scale uh, for for want of a better word. Um, but you know, so the, so the, even those organisations where you putting stuff in colos, you know, the ability to tie all those things together because as you said, you know, it's, a, it, a you know, when the right data in the right place and the right place can be driven by a, by a whole bunch of things. Um, but one of the things that you do see mentioned quite a lot, and I just wonder what your take is on this, you know, did, did you see a scenario where people will want to move Workloads move services easily between all these kind of repositories, or do you think that kind of the multi-cloud? Maybe right now, maybe how it looks in the future might be different. But do you think multi-cloud at the moment is more just about the ability to give people choice, as opposed to organisations really wanting to easily move things between all of these different locations?
1: No, I, 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 you know, I think the future state might be a, an opportunity where you can move easily move workloads from from one cloud to another. I think it is. There's a centre of gravity here around the data. And I, so I think that the choice in cloud or the choice to remain on-prem in your own private cloud or other services is going to be very functional and purpose-specific. And I, I think it's going to be like that for, for some time. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you that the, the tools and the, and the enablement to, to move these things around quickly won't provide... a a new business model down the road. But I think the near term is, is is building purposeful purpose built uh, applications, purpose built uh, data locations um, that are very specific. And I, I, I don't see anything right now that says that's going to change anytime in the near future, but I think that is going to be a future state, especially as, as we see the, the uh, adoption of edge computing, that's going to change because the network's got to change too with that. And I think with the adoption of edge computing, that's really where you're going to see kind of the, the, the tilt and the flexibility really expose itself.
0: Yeah. And I think that thing about networks, uh, an important point as well, isn't it? Because one of the issues that we get when we talk about data in this kind of, you know, hybrid multi-cloud type environment is that data has, you know, people say data has gravity, data has weight to it. It's not as easy to move big chunks of data as it might be to move an application or a, or a service around. Um, I, I mean, one, one maybe other extension of this, and again, it'd be interesting your take on this, is that is it, it, part of a, a, of a good strategy around this kind of area as well for, for somebody like a NetApp is, is the idea that, it's the integration of some of these public cloud services. So it's not necessarily kind of a, a wholesale move to, I'm going to put all my data inside of AWS, but actually the ability to use what AWS is good at and kind of seamlessly integrate that in with maybe what you're already doing in an, in an on-prem data center. You know, is, is, is that a kind of shift that you're seeing as well?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and I think if you think about um, <laughs> just about AI, for instance, as, as a great example, um, and if you look at some of the tools, whether it's Google or AWS or Azure, you the ability not just to, to manage your data in a public cloud but now what kind of services does that public cloud offer you to extract value out of that data and and the machine learning that can take place uh leveraging the tools that they already have in place i see i see that as an immediate near-term benefit and but again you there's the orchestration of data to make to manage that and it's in one of the obviously the big things here that that I've been conscious of is the security and privacy aspects to that. What does that look like? And and where do you do kind of the analysis of your data? Is it on premises? Is it in the cloud? Are you leveraging the cloud tools? Do you end up building the expertise in-house so you can manage that uh, in the most private, secure way possible, or at least for your own confidence of privacy and security, of knowing where that data is? In house. And so I think that's a lot of the considerations that enterprises are making right now. You know, they see the tools, they see the possibilities out there. Their challenge is how to best leverage that and where should the data live to do that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely agree as well. I mean, I think the idea, and I, I, I talk with, with businesses we talk to a lot about this, you know, the idea that, you know, one of the attractions of kind of native cloud storage, for example, is its scale, is its ease of use. And sometimes it's commercials, you know, you can build quite big data sets into a you know public cloud provider for relatively low cost when compared to, you know, buying a, a big on-prem storage array to, to deliver that. But one of the things missing in some of those native services is, of course, the enterprise stuff that we're used to. You know, it's the ability to have control. It's the, you know, presenting of APIs that we can plug into our governance tools. It's the ability to make sure we're doing simple things like snapshots and making sure we're getting storage efficiencies, you know. And and again, I mean, is has that, is that, is that been a blocker that you've seen that, that people maybe would love, to, you know, a big enterprise, you know, a traditional enterprise might want to embrace kind of public cloud storage, but actually that missing enterprise capability in some of those public clouds has, has dissuaded them from doing that?
1: Well, it's a lot of uncertainty. Um, And it, you know, it's about, you know, application availability, but again, I keep coming back to privacy and security and, you you know, the smartest people out there say, you know, the the public clouds are, is secure or more secure than your on, on um, on-premises capabilities. But, You could say that to your blue in the face, but I've worked with quite a few very large enterprises, financial institutions, for example, that they they are going to be very slow, very deliberate, and very careful where that data is managed. And if they're going to inherit risk with their security and privacy, they'd rather own that responsibility themselves and be accountable to that as opposed to uh, le- leveraging another service to be able to do that for them. And that's th- that's a big challenge here, especially with financial institutions. And there, there's no one right way to do this. This is one of those mantras, and, I, and I've been echoing this for a long time. There is no one way to cloud. And it, that is such a dangerous um proposition to, to make and, and a lot of really smart people have been making that proposition that you know that there's only one way to do it uh, it's gonna it's, it's inevitable it's the future and if not you're just dragging it out and increasing costs and, and risk uh, for your companies uh, but the reality, uh, I think, is, is much further from that. And again, I go back and look at the history of our industry, and you, you realize that there's more than one way to, to, to tackle any of these enterprise challenges, and no one cloud is the way to do that. No matter how bright-eyed and and and. Uh, uh, enthusiastic we are for these great new technologies uh, the reality of technology adoption um, tells us a very different story about what the future is going to look like and it, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, I'm, and this is not about panning public cloud this is about understanding putting your data in the right place at the right time at the right cost again another mantra i've already repeated four times here
0: okay um, <laughs> hey, but, you- but it's the truth yeah, and a good mantra bears repeating. I think that's 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 always a always a phrase. But um you know but I think that it's right in that the focus should be about a business outcome, you know, the focus we we, we talked about this earlier on, you know, the focus shouldn't be about technology for technology's sake, you know, that and and because we can do something in the cloud doesn't always necessarily mean that we should, you know. I think all all of those are kind of kind of wise tips. And um, but I mean you 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 painted a you know a, a, an interesting view of kind of how you see uh, the the, the Industry, how organisations are using data at the moment. You know, we, when we started this conversation, talking about um, you know somebody who worked for a, a, a big infrastructure company uh, was looking for a new challenge, looking for a, for a shift, uh, and you've ended up at NetApp. And I, I know when we were talking last week, we, you know, one of the, the questions in the back of my mind was why stay in storage and why NetApp? So you know, so so what is it that you're seeing? So based on all those challenges and all those kind of areas that you're seeing from kind of multi-cloud to you know security and governance and compliance um, and all the challenges that sit in between. Now, What is it that NetApp are doing that has attracted you to to, to want to work for them as an organization?
1: Well, to start off with, uh, let, let's face it. The problem we're solving, the data problems that that are data challenges, they're not problems, they're challenges – that we're dealing with are the most critical, the most important for most organizations. And so the fact to be you know, in, in, in the front seat of this with, with NetApp and with the different, like I said, the different innovations taking place under the covers, I mean, NetApp is, is not just a storage company and, and hasn't been for some time. And you peel that back a little bit, you look at cloud infrastructure, you look at cloud services, you look at the ways of, of again, I'm going to repeat it again, that mantra of the right data at the right place at the right time and for the right outcome as well. If, if you look at that, I think there's very few companies that are positioned to solve that challenge. Um, it, I think, again, a lot of people want to whitewash this and say, oh, the future is is only AWS or only Google Cloud or only Azure. Um, it, it, and the reality is this is going to be a blended environment and those toughest challenges, um, are, are the ones that NetApp is taking head on. I mean, it, it's, I wish I could, I talked more, you know, I, obviously I've got to be careful. I don't speak for NetApp. Uh, I'm one month into, to working in NetApp, seen a lot of great things under the covers and, and, uh, and what the future looks like and the value in the services we're delivering to drive business outcomes. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And, and one of the reasons that, that again, my inclination was not to go back into um, storage. And I don't think I have, I think by coming to NetApp, I've come to a company that's solving a data problem, uh, not just storage problems
0: and i think that's um it's a subtle but but key difference as well i think that you know and uh, you know that, that's not just a that's not just about netapp is it i think that you know that that looking at solving a data problem because certainly the conversations that we have with with businesses of all type is that's how they're thinking as well you know they're not looking at storage problems you know they are looking at data problems you know they're looking at how do i put data where i need it how do i get it under control how do i manage it how do i pull extract information and value from it. You know, that's that's certainly the thing that we're seeing. I mean, is that, again, you know, looking wider than just NetApp, is that is that the kind of thing you're seeing that the the businesses you talk to, it's a data problem that they're trying to solve.
1: Well let us just face it, there's three things a CIO wants to do. They want to make money, they want to save money, and they want to stay out of jail. So (laughs) at the at the end of the day, at, at the highest levels, that's their goals. And so obviously that drives itself toward business value. And how do we connect the dots to how, how do they achieve that? But Again, by either saving money, making money, um, and staying out of jail, being compliant with your data, being responsible for, uh, with that, from a, especially from a privacy and security perspective. And so I, I, I think if you look at it through that lens of, of what the objectives are for the CIO, that's part of what was so attractive of, of about NetApp. We can connect those dots. And I, I, now other people have told me that historically NetApp's not always uh, done a great job of telling that story. Um, and I, you know, obviously if you look at NetApp's uh, roots and their beginnings and, and uh, very much being defined uh, by that there, you know, as a company, uh, we have a challenge of changing that narrative and, and being very clear about the value proposition we're bringing
0: to the market. So that's, I mean, I think that's a really good point. So, you know, maybe as we kind of get to the end of our time here, um, because I think we're only just scratching a scratch of, uh, of what we could do with this conversation. And I think there's there's an awful lot of things that we could talk about. You know, we, we spoke at kind of length a couple of times last week, but... You know, I, I'm aware that people listening to this podcast will soon get bored of my voice and, and won't want to listen to me with, witter on for hours about the the kind of things that you, you could do. But um, that that kind of so, so somebody's listening to this and they're not particularly familiar with NetApp or they're not familiar with this kind of um, new NetApp story that's kind of attracted somebody with with your industry experience to them. You know, I mean, if you you could sum that up relatively briefly, you know, what 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 kind of things? You know, are the new NetApp doing that Mm -hmm. if I'm listening to this as a as a strategic decision maker should make me want to go and and kind of learn more?
1: Well, I I would look at the acquisitions. I mean, it doesn't matter. uh, Let me back up. It doesn't matter what I say, right? Everybody's going to want to see where's the proof, where where, where are the benchmarks that are, are going to give us the confidence. And for me, it's if you look at the acquisitions, whether it's SolidFire, Plexus Store, um, StackPoint, I'll tell you, StackPoint is an amazing company and another game changer here. And if you haven't had a chance to dive into StackPoint or NKS, I would definitely encourage uh, your audience to do that. Uh, and it's it's where I'm going to be spending um, some of my time to, to peel that back and, and, and be able to connect dots because I would, admittedly, that's uh, Kubernetes is not my strong point. And uh, I, I learned, I'm, I desire, obviously, to, 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 to pick up um more knowledge around that but if you look at the proof points of their customer success stories um, if you look at uh, you know the integration of solid fire which is, is gone fantastically well if you look how uh, especially in max data I, I i keep going back to that it, it's a total game changer uh, the technology alone and, and the value that that drives Nothing I say is is, is going to convince you or anybody, in your audience, that that NetApp is the right company to work for. I would encourage you to look at the proof points, look at the Gartner um, uh, reports are, uh, that are coming out, look at um, uh, IDC's reports that NetApp is leading in the flash space. Uh, these are cr- th- these are very clear benchmarks of progress of a company that understands the data challenge and how to solve those. And so that's, and that's kind of the nice thing about the role that I have is that it, and again, the, the, the first rule of evangelism is all evangelists are liars. <laughs> so if we accept, if we accept that as a premise. What your audience needs to look for, and, and, the, and the people that you're engaged with, are those um, those proof points that legitimize the story that we're telling. And I would just encourage people to keep digging deeper and looking at the success um, and the benchmarks that apps that achieve. They're not just telling the story; they've proved it.
0: So. Uh- it, there's, there's one thing I've really, uh, there was been a whole bunch of things I've really enjoyed about this conversation. But the one thing that has, uh, I've enjoyed more than anything else is we've managed to use the word premise and premises in the correct context in one show. So, um, so well done Greg for working that in. Um, so, um, so, so Greg, as, as we wrap up here um, for people who maybe not familiar with you, want to find out more, maybe we just want to haunt you on the internet. Um, is there a way they can follow you blog sites uh, on Twitter, that kind of thing?
1: Sure. Absolutely. On, on Twitter, uh it's my last name is my Twitter handle at Nierman, which isn't the easiest thing to spell. Um, it's K-N-I-E-R-I-E-M-E-N uh, on LinkedIn. Um, Facebook, I keep kind of private to, you know, kind of, kind of a, a, a small circle, but uh, externally LinkedIn, Twitter, um, and occasionally I go on Instagram and other things. But Twitter to me is where the best conversations are taking place in our space.
0: Okay. Well, Greg, look, re- I mean, really appreciate that. That's a fascinating insight into somebody moving into a, a you know, a, a new, a, a new business, but staying within industry and, and some of the reasons why you're doing that. So, um, look, really appreciate your candor and, and thanks for sharing that with us. And, um, I look forward to having you on again soon, Greg. Thanks very much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. And you were too easy on me. I was expecting some stump to chump questions, but you didn't give me any.
0: Now, well, you know, I I said you was an expert and you clearly proved you were. I clearly proved I wasn't, so we'll just take it from there. Uh, Thanks, Greg. Speak to you again soon. Very good. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, check out techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. And if you did enjoy the show, why not leave a review? And also, you can subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud and Stitcher, as well as all other good homes of podcasts. So, until next time, thanks for listening.